Hey there everyone welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks this is your host Mayuresh Matkar so today we've got to talk about some marquee games played across the weekend in Italy France and in Germany from the Bundesliga we will be discussing Bayern Munich losing to Borussia Mönchengladbach at home and we'll also be shedding some light at that incredible comeback by Dortmund away in Frankfurt in France We saw the big game in the Liga calendar between Paris Saint-Germain and the host Lyon played in the Groupama stadium but today we will be starting in the Italian capital Rome where Juventus scripted a fantastic victory in a topsy-turvy game against AS Roma. So if you haven't seen this game already I guess you're missing out on one of the best games that you'd see in this entire year. I think it's one of the best games that uh, that has been played across the season in the top 5 leagues in Europe this was one of the uh, best games i've seen in serie a from a long uh, in in a long time now uh, this game had everything from uh, sending offs to red cards uh, and uh, penalties direct free kicks penalties being saved uh, balls hitting the woodwork tremendous saves by the goalkeeper uh, everything everything you can ask from a game It ended in a 4-3 victory for Juventus in the end. They were 3-1 down uh after the 70th minute and they got three quick goals and I think the uh, substitutions there played a very important role there for Juventus. Alvaro Morata came on and just changed the game for Juve. Uh Artur, you know, he was kind of left left to just die alone in the Juventus bench. He's uh, the guy who's sitting beside Aaron Ramsey at the moment in Turin, but he also you no know, came in there and just outran the roma midfield along with manuel locatelli they played a really really good game after that after that 70th minute buck and jose mourinho somehow said that we were very very good up till the 70th minute but you know sometimes the switches go off and um they had to pay for it you know it is it is as simple as that they were not good enough in the end to make up for it but th- again they had a chance to make it 4-4 and who knows what could have happened in the end uh but again you know juventus down to 10 men they were always going to defend that 4-3 4-3 lead and all, and even if the penalty would have been scored they would have uh been defending that four all four all scoreline i mean that is something that you could actually you you have to be sane enough to do that so uh, i thought matthias delict we have to talk about it matthias delict he was directly involved in two big incidents there one being the uh, one being the uh, foul on tammy abraham i think he did get the ball but uh, that little bit of frustration something got into his mind and he just uh pull pull his hand across and uh, stopped uh, Tammy Abraham from going in i think that was a particularly decent enough decision to give it a give it a yellow card and that was the uh, third goal for roma when when uh, lorenzo pellegrini slotted down that uh, free kick straight from that spot it was a fantastic piece of uh, technique got over the wall it was that brilliant dip it was just under the crossbar and Chesney had no chance to actually stop it Henrik Mkhitaryan I think got a bit lucky with his goal because it was a huge deflection Chesney could couldn't do anything about it uh, Manuel Locatelli also getting a goal for Juventus uh, I mean that that really started it I, I think Alvaro Morata as he came on he just added that little bit of spark in there um, again you you can only wonder why Barcelona are trying to lure him away from Juventus uh, but again you know he's uh, he's got that good technical ability he's not really a clinical finisher in front of goal but he he's got that good technical ability he's he's a good player when he can hold the ball well and everything but he's he's 
everything started from that Alvaro Morata substitution and then came Arthur Melo and they did control the midfield really well. I think Weston McKennie had a monstrous game in the... Uh, in the midfield, Rodrigo Bentancur gave away the ball uh, three or four times. I really noted that one uh, uh, on on a, on a few occasions. I thought uh, uh, it wasn't really uh, coming into place with that midfield of Locatelli, Bentancur, and uh, uh, and Weston McKenney. I think Arthur gave them a bit more tranquility and little more sustainability as he came on. Uh, Dejan Kulusevski as well. Federico Chiesa is a big, big miss now for Juventus if they are really uh, going to miss him on the sidelines now with injury as he was uh, taken off. Uh, again, uh, Paolo Dybala scored a fantastic goal. I think uh, you should also give credit to De Cilio and uh, Federico Chiesa to, uh, to, who made that move possible. That was a very good pick out from Chiesa to lay in for Paolo Dybala. He took a touch just set up very nicely and mind you that was an incredible finish from Paolo Dybala you know he's down and out in the contract negotiations now I don't know what is uh, what his future holds on uh, for Juventus right now but I think he's he's going to be an integral part for this uh, Juve side if they have to get into the uh, top four I think they need to get into the top four given the financial condition of this team uh, if you talk about some other Incidents, uh, Rugani and Delict played in that central uh, defensive role. Uh, Rugani had, a, he, he didn't have much to complain about. I think uh, Delict, again, he's got another handball to his name. I think he needs to sort that thing out. And, uh, well, they had uh, the option of playing in uh, Giorgio Chiellini, which they didn't took. Leonardo Bonucci is out till uh, till till the start of february so uh, there was uh, I, I think there was a uh, easy decision to play delict and Chiellini, but he went with rugani uh Mattia de Chilio, as i said got a goal and was really really good uh Moza ken playing as a number 9 in this game right alongside paolo dibala he didn't actually uh, gave me a lot of confidence he was not really good uh in that in that position uh Again, I think that is one reason why the uh, change that they made, uh, Alvaro Morata, when he came on, it made such a huge difference uh, for this game. I think uh, for for Roma, I think it was a it was a very early game there for Ainsley Maitland Niles. They played a back three with uh, it was uh, Roger Ibanez, uh, Brian Cristante, and Chris Smalling. It it was kind of a back three when they started it off, and then it turned out into a back four when Cristante moved into the midfield alongside Verdu, and uh, they played a four-two-three-one. It started off with a three. It was one and four-one. It was kind of like that, a uh, three-one-four. I'm, I'm probably like kind of jinx. Uh, I'm three-one-four-two. Yeah, with. Uh, with that guy Felix Afen again uh, playing alongside Tammy Abraham in the in at, at the top, it was uh, it was really visible that the, those two were trying to play really uh, ta- trying to play out a different system. Uh, they couldn't actually have uh, the services of Nicolas Zaniolo for this game as he has been uh, diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Um, I think Roma played really well for 70 minutes and they didn't deserve to lose this game. Uh, I think a draw would have been a fair result, but they didn't deserve to lose this game. And uh, Jose Mourinho did alluded to that fact that they were in control for that 70 minutes. But if you look at this, if you look at the big picture, they need to get back into Europe, Roma. They haven't been playing Champions League football for a long time and that's the reason why Jose Mourinho is in this position now. Jose Mourinho is, uh, he again, he said it after the, uh, 
after after the game in the post match presentation post match press conference where he said that uh, you know he has a lot of good guys around in the pitch he has uh, people who are very good he he wants some nasty people around the squad and uh, they they're going to sign Sergio Oliveira from Porto and i think that could be a very good uh, that that could be a very good signing. Uh, I, I I really think that it could really uh, uh, balloon into something good. But they have got good players around there. Uh, I thought Smalling was at uh, total fault for that goal against uh, where where Matias De Silva scored the winner. Uh, he shouldn't have been. Uh, I, I think he shouldn't have been there uh, defending the way he did. It was really really poor for for his part on, on that one. Uh, I thought uh, again, you know, the the midfield. I think they just ran out of pace in the end with uh, Vertu getting uh, replaced uh, uh, very, 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 very soon. You know, it, he he went out and uh, it made way for Carlos Perez, who was trying to just rocket it down on that one side. But again, I think uh, Roma played really well. Didn't deserve to lose this game, but what can you say about this? Uh, Matias Wiener, again, played a fantastic game. I, I really like Matias Wiener, by the way. He's a very good player. Can play uh, a very uh, two different kind of roles, I should I say. He can be very good at, in, a, in the offensive part of the game. He's a very good defender as well. He's not really uh, given uh, Jose Mourinho a reason to be... Uh, Worried about the injury of Leonardo Spinazzola. He, I, I, I don't know when is Spinazzola going to come back, but when, whenever he is going to be fit, he's not. Uh, Matias Vina, I don't think he's going to be there in there in in there. But again, you know, Rui Patricio had a very good game in the uh, in the Roma in the in the Roma goal. He's been one of the best goalkeepers around in Serie A this season. Chesney made some really important saves, and I need to really give him a pat on the back because. This guy was responsible for some of the mistakes that Juventus made at the start of the season. And he's tried to just recuperate that. He's been very good in the goal. He's he's made very less mistakes, uh, should I say. And uh, he's, he's been good. I mean, he's, he's been... Uh, more than what I expected of him to be at the at the start of the season. He's grown into the game. Now he's not Gogi and Luigi Buffon sitting around his back. And that, I think, is going to make a difference now. So... Kudos to Juventus. They have been good now. We will talk about the Serie A table in just a bit before we now need to talk about that game between Atalanta and Udinese at the Dacia Arena. And it was a complete mauling from Atalanta. They won 6-2 away at Udinese. They scored seven goals out of the eight. One was an own goal from uh, Jim City uh, for Udinese. Uh, one of the goals that Udinese scored was an own goal from Jim City. So seven out of the eight goals were scored from Atalanta. The two goals that Luis Muriel scored, both the goals, sheer quality. I mean, you have to watch those brilliantly executed goals. He just gives that dummy that little bit of uh, the drop of the shoulder. Brilliant, brilliant goals. That Those from uh, Luis Muriel. Uh, I think one of the best performances that I've seen in the Serie A this season. Completely dominating away from home. They're very, very much on course to give uh, the likes of Napoli and Milan a scare again. I just don't think that they can win the Serie A this season. They are a bit too behind for my liking. And again, they don't have that historical reference to them. But I would love them to go out and win this one. Napoli, by the way, played against Sampdoria at home at the Estadio Diego Mar Armando Maradona, And they registered a 1-0 victory. 
uh, in this game. It was a goal from Andrea Pitania. They are also missing a lot of key players in this game. Diego Deme and Lobotka played in the middle of midfield. They don't have... Uh, uh, Andre Zango, uh, Andre Zango Anguisa, uh, Khalidu Koulibaly is not going to be there. You also have uh, players like Adam Unas, who's uh, away with Algeria. So they have got some uh, absentees. Lorenzo Insigne, by the way, has completed his move to Toronto FC. And I actually uh, uh, put that out on Twitter some days ago, that how much is that going to affect his international career? given the fact that he's got to play uh, the qualifiers with Italy. I, th- I think he will play the qualifiers. The big question is about the World Cup, which will be in uh, in, in the winter, uh, in, in, in the following winter, by the way. Um, I thought Elif Almas in this game, again, was fantastic. I'm really, really uh, enjoying this guy playing for Napoli. He's been really good. Uh, the back line is... Is good enough. There's not really much to talk about it. Mario Rui, when he comes back in, will uh, really be uh, a, a key asset. Same with Koulibaly. Uh, uh, I think Remani has been fantastic for Napoli in that back line with uh, Di Lorenzo as well. Insigne, Mertens and Ali Falmas, I think we know what to expect from them. Andrea Pitania is uh, justified his selection for this game and uh, didn't actually need it... Uh, Victor Ozimen to be out there. Uh, Milan were away at Venezia and they pulled out three goals. Teo Hernandez with a brace and uh, a goal from uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Rafael Leao laying out, two, laying out two assists in this game. Very, very good game for Milan. They are closing in on uh, Inter. They try to exert some pressure on the uh, former champions, the reigning champions right now in Serie A. Uh, and we need to talk about them as well. When they were at home at San Siro against Lazio and they won against Lazio courtesy of two defensive goals. I mean, two goals from two set pieces. It was Alessandro Bastoni scoring the first goal on the half uh, in the uh, on the half hour mark. It was then uh, equalized by Ciro Immobile for Lazio and then uh, just after the uh, just after an hour mark it was Milan Skriniar who uh, Heads home after a cross from Alessandro Bastoni. It was a very good cross, by the way, from Bastoni. And that goal that he took, I think it was really, really good. I mean, that swing off his left foot. He, he's a very good player with his with both his feet. And I I'm really have to say this here now, because he, he is one of those guys that you would want to have in your team. He's one of the best defenders right now in Serie A. He's uh, on course to become the number one defensive choice in the Italian national team. He's a really, really good player with the ball at his feet and he's a good defender primarily. So I think he's got all the assets to be one of the best superstars in Italian football in the defensive part of the game. I think him, De Vrij and Skriniar played a really good game yet again. The goal that they conceded, you have to really put your questions on on Samir Hendanovic on that occasion because he came out, there was nothing that he could do. I think, again... Uh, Chiro Immobile just dinked the ball uh, away from the hands of uh, Handanovic and uh, scored into an empty net. But again, I think Handanovic should have been uh, should 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 have known better. I think Brozovic again had a tremendous game in the middle of midfield. They played in Gagliardini, who came in for the suspended uh, Chalanoglu. Denzel Dumfries had a good chance. Perisic had a good chance. I thought Alexis Sanchez. Uh, you need to talk about Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez had a fantastic game. To be to be honest, uh, Lautaro Martinez just sc- did score a goal, but it was termed it offside. 
uh, Alexis Sanchez uh, put down a through ball beautifully for him, but it was just offside there, Lautaro. Uh, had another chance, it was just wide. Had two or three chances there, Lautaro Martinez. Uh, Gagliardini played a really good game as well. Perisic had a big chance, as I alluded to in uh, just before. Uh, as for Lazio, uh, not, not much you could talk about apart from that goal from uh, Ciro Immobile. Uh, Pedro had a chance as well in this game, but couldn't take it out. Felipe Anderson, nothing much from him. It was not a very good game from Lazio. I think I'm really disappointed by uh, Maurizio Sarri and how he He's uh, tried to recuperate this team. He's not really been able to put down his philosophy, put down his marker on this team. And it has really let me down. I think uh, Lazio will have to wait and see what the future holds for them. They still have got Fiorentina leading the race for that European positions. Uh, also, they have got uh, Sassuolo uh, lurking behind, who also had a tremendous game away at Empoli as they beat them 5-1. Uh, Gianluca Scamacca scoring two goals, Raspadori scoring two goals, and Domenico Birardi with a penalty. Uh, and again, this uh, this front three is really going places now for uh for, for Sassuolo, Raspadori, Scamacca and Berardi. Scamacca, by the way, came off the bench for uh, uh, Gregory Dreffel and uh, scored two goals. Uh, I, again, I think Scamacca is being scouted by Juventus as well as a potential replacement for, uh, for Alvaro Morata. I think he's uh, destined for a good move. He's a very good player. He's technically very sound. Domenico Berardi also really, really well played in this entire game. He also deserves a move away to a big team than Sassuolo, with all due respect to the, uh, the, the Sassuolo team. He's just too good for them. As now for the Serie A table, it is uh, Inter Milan with a lead of a point against AC Milan. They have played a game less Inter than uh, Milan, so uh, they're kind of in, in the mix to win it again. Uh, Napoli are five points behind AC Milan, so they will have their task cut out as well. Atalanta are two points behind Napoli, but they have played a game less than Napoli, so that's uh, that that could just give them an advantage, and maybe just maybe they could just give this uh, title race a bit of a spice. A spice. Uh, a, a, a huge caveat here for me is that Inter, with the squad that they have, uh, I just don't say I just don't think that they could again put a run again from now on to the end of the season. They have to have a dip. It, it is the law of averages. You have to have a dip with this kind of squad. If they just pull it, if they pull it through and they get a win and and they and win the Serie A without any stutterings, I think it would be incredible. It would be a fantastic story when they have lost Lukaku, Hakimi, their their own manager. They've lost Christian Eriksen. So many players going out. You you've got to be just kidding me. And again, you know, it's it's just going to be tremendous if they win the Scudetto without any. Uh, without any stutterings. As for AC Milan, they have to get some consistency in the game. They have got a good bunch of players there, but they just don't uh, really uh, uh, give me that sort of confidence. Uh, you don't have Frank Kessier and Ismail Benasser now for the for, for the entire month because they're out on the, uh, on, the on national duty. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough for Milan, but you need to know what can... Just be there. You need to hang in there if you want to win the Scudetto. Uh, as for Napoli, they also have got their own uh, absentees with COVID-19, with players flying out for the African Cup of Nations, but they need to also get on with it. Atalanta, they don't have that much problems going on. They had a tremendous game, as I told before, against uh, 
against Udinese. Uh, as for Juventus, they have played a game more than Atalanta and they are three points behind them. It is going to be a tough ask for them to get into the top four now. And I can't actually imagine anyone out of this uh, top four getting giving up a place for Juventus. Most probably, in my opinion, it can be Napoli if Juventus make a run through. Uh, Fiorentina as well. They have played two games less than Juventus. They are sitting six points behind them. Maybe if they get themselves sorted out, Dusan Vlahovic is playing really well at, at this point in time for Fiorentina. They have got really good uh They've got a really good bunch of players around there. They had their games postponed. They haven't played in this new year. The last game that they played... The last two games, by the way, they played were uh, two draws. Uh, one at home to Sassuolo and one away at Hies Verona. The two games, uh, one at home to Udinese and away in Turin against Torino, were postponed because of uh, a COVID outbreak. So uh, when they come back, it would be a bit of a task for them to just re. Uh, just just get that switch on and get them back in that uh, flowing order. By the way, what a season uh, Dusan Vlahovic is having yet again for Fiorentina. But And if you have to take a look at the teams below Fiorentina, you've got Roma and Lazio, both locked on 32 points, played 21 games each. So it's going to be a very, very interesting Serie A season. I really think that Inter can just go through and win the title, given the fact that Milan and uh, Napoli will have their absent, uh, the, the problem of uh, the players being absent for some of the games. It would be very, very important for Milan to keep hold of this title race if they have to do something. But in the end, I think just, just Inter Milan will get past the title yet again. In the Bundesliga, we had Bayern Munich, the current Bundesliga champions, at home against Borussia Mönchengladbach. The game ended in a 2-1 victory for Adi Huttel's side. It was a very good game to watch for a neutral fan. Bayern Munich facing a ton of absentees. They played a sort of very hybrid back three. I couldn't actually get my head around the starting eleven. I didn't actually think how this team would be placing up when they... Uh, get onto the field but uh, it was a very good performance by Bayern Munich you have to say that you know if this game was to be played another 10 times you know you would actually have your money on Bayern Munich winning this game uh, we had all the uh, three goals in this uh, in the first half an hour and uh, it kind of ended into it uh, Florian Neuhaus and Stefan Leiner scoring for uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, but Robert Lewandowski scoring a tremendous goal. He could have had another fantastic goal worthy of the highlight package of the season. Uh, and again, you know, a lot of injuries for Bayern Munich. They played in Mark Rocca and Jamal Musiala, who I thought was played very much out of place in the uh, in central midfield. Uh, Josef Kimmich kind of played in that uh, central deep line midfield role. Come a centre back. Nicolas Sula not particularly good in this game. He hasn't been good enough for a long time playing at Bayern Munich and, and surprisingly stayed on here at, this, at, at the club of this magnitude. He was the only recognised centre-back in this uh, starting eleven. He also had Benjamin Pavard uh, playing in that back three, who was primarily a right-back. Marcel Sabitzer played in the, in the starting eleven. Not much uh, that you could choose from the bench. You've got players like uh, Manuel Neuer, Dario Upamecano, Leroy Sané, also Kingsley Coman, who, is, who have uh, tested positive for COVID-19, Lucas Hernandez, uh, 
and Leon Goretzka are injured and you've also got Tolisso who's actually made of uh, very delicate material he's also injured Josip Stanisic getting injured is again a very good uh, it's a, it's a very big uh, ask for them to cope up with. So they had a very hospitalized side. If you look at the bench, not much that you could choose from. They had guys like Paul Vanner, who's, uh, who's a guy who I've never heard of. He's a teenager, 16, 17 years of age. And Lucas Copado, uh, another German international plays for the B team at Bayern Munich. He Dable came on. I think Bayern Munich still could have won this game. Serge Gnabry played in that hybrid uh, left wing-back role. Uh, there was a guy named uh, Malik Tillman who played in the uh, right wing-back role. He's primarily a player who could play on the right-hand side of a front three. Again, lots of lots and lots of uh, permutations and combinations used by Julian Nagelsmann. He had no way to hide out in this game. But in the end, it was a 2-1 victory for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Not much that I can choose from this game uh, for them. I think uh, Brie Lembelo and Lars Tindall did lead the line really well for them. Stefan Leiner scoring, scoring uh, netting in that winner. A very good game for Jan Zommer as well. But again, when he said uh, after the post-match presentation that once we uh, beat Bayern Munich, the next game we're going to lose. So that is how things work in Germany. Uh, and again, surprisingly, uh, you know, Bayern Munich... They, they have got some a lot of players out now, and that's going to be very disturbing for Julian Nagelsmann. Um, they will be uh, going away to Köln uh, and Hertha Berlin in the next two games, and they, they have a very big game against RB Leipzig in, uh, on, uh, in the start of February. So they've got a very decent run of games coming on. Not much to stress about the DFB Pokal as well. They will be... Uh, very much wrapping up the league until the quarterfinal stage of the Champions League comes across, and that's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, and that is something that I'm saying that I'm saying on the basis of uh, a a assurance that I have that they will go to Salzburg and host Salzburg, and they'll just demolish uh, the Austrian side. Uh, but you know, who knows? Football is a very crazy game, and it was uh, as crazy as it got in Frankfurt as. Uh, Borussia, Munch, as, uh, Borussia Dortmund, I'm, uh, I beg your pardon, uh, won 3-2 after coming back from 2-0 down uh, in the 71st minute. Torgan Hazard scoring the first goal. Jude Bellingham then netting in the uh, equaliser after a beautiful cross from Thomas Munier. And then Mahmoud Dahoud finishing things off in the 89th minute. It was a tremendous comeback from Borussia Dortmund and a terrible display in the first half, to be honest with you. They made some really poor elementary mistakes, schoolboy mistakes. Mats Hummels is not good at this point in time to play for Dortmund or, or to even play football or to even play as a centre-back, I think is the precise thing to say now. Uh, Gregor Kobel had, didn't have a good game. Thomas Munier did play well. And, and that back four, Thomas Munier, Emre Chan, Mats Hummels and Rafael Guerrero. Apart from Rafael Guerrero, all these three players are not fit to play at this moment at, at Borussia Dortmund. The injury to uh, Manuel Kanji is a very big loss for them. They need to get a centre-back. Marin Pongracic is a good player, but he's not the Borussia Dortmund kind of material. They don't have players to be playing at this level for them. Uh, Julian Brandt came in. He had a chance as well. Couldn't capitalise on it. Axel Witzel then came on for Marco Royce as well at the end of the game to give them some defensive solidity. I think the midfield functions really well uh, for Bellingham, Tehoud and Julian Brandt. Uh, they played equally well, all these three players. Marco Royce uh, was a bit quiet in this game. Erling Haaland 
for that uh, second for their first goal that Torgan Hazard scored. Uh, he was uh, very responsible in. He was he was very good in holding up the ball and then laying off to uh, laying it off to Torgan Hazard who scored a goal. Uh, again, uh, a huge. Uh, uh, I, I should say a very big uh, letdown for Eintracht Frankfurt was that uh, Endika hit the post uh, in the first half and also uh, Lundstrom. Uh, he, he should have scored in that. Uh, he should have scored, but he couldn't. That was a big let off as well. Uh, Philip Kostic on that left hand side was tremendous. Borre scoring the two goals. Rafael Santos Borre, the Colombian centre forward, played really well in this game. The second one was a bit of a mistake from everyone involved in this game. Uh, everyone involved in that Dortmund defence. First one was a fantastically whipped ball from Philip Kostic. Dortmund defence, they can't handle the. Such quality again. Endika, if he could have uh, scored, that could have been the end of the game. Or even Lindstrom, if he could have uh, made things uh, uh, made things easier for him uh, instead of hitting the side netting, Dortmund wouldn't have come back into this game. But now they have given themselves a lifeline. Now they're six points behind uh, Bayern Munich. They have got some very very tricky fixtures to come in. Next up, they're at home against Freiburg, which is not going to be an easy fixture. Then they're at away at San Pauli in the DFB Pokal round of 16. Then away at Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga and at home to Bayer Leverkusen. So that's a very... So it can be described as a very mazy fixture list um, until the game comes Rangers in the Europa League. Uh, in, the, in the Europa League playoffs, I should say. So... Uh, yeah, that's all with the Bundesliga. By the way, there were some very good games in this uh, in this week. You had uh, that very entertaining game between Leipzig and Mainz, uh, which ended in a 4-1 victory for RB Leipzig. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen and Union Berlin playing a 2-0 draw. They also had Freiburg against Armina Bielefeld ending in a 2-0 draw as well. As for the Bundesliga table right now, Hoffenheim sit in third, six points behind Dortmund. And Freiburg are also on 30 points at fourth, with a point behind uh, Hoffenheim. Bar Leverkusen sit on the 29th uh, on 29 points, on fifth, and Köln are uh, on 28 points on sixth. Eintracht Frankfurt are on 27 points, so not much between the third place teams and Leipzig, who are who are actually ninth in the table. Six points difference that is between Hoffenheim and RB Leipzig. I hope that Leipzig can get into the top four come the end of the season and can have something to fight for when they uh, when they try and go into a deeper run next season where they will try to spend some money as well and uh, recruit some very good players. By the way, that game between Leipzig and Mainz was really, really good. We had some really good play from RB Leipzig. Uh, Andre Silva scoring two goals. That's a, fin a fantastic goal from Christopher Nkunku, for whom this season just continues to be in a splendid way. You also have uh, uh, Dominic Soboslai scoring a very uh, technically very good goal. So that was... Uh, one of the best games, uh, if you're a uh, RB Leipzig fan, Dominico Todesco, uh, actually uh, getting his philosophy right in the uh, in the German club. Very good to see that. I hope that they could get into the top four by the end of the season. Some FA Cup updates from uh, this weekend. We had a very big victory for Liverpool against Shrewsbury. They won 4-1 at Anfield. Goals from Roberto Firmino, a brace from Fabinho and a goal from Kyle Gordon uh, got Liverpool over the line. Tottenham came back from behind to beat Morocambe. 
by three goals to one. Goals from Harry Kane, Lucas Bora and uh, uh, Harry Winks. Uh, Harry Kane was in tremendous form in this game. Uh, was uh, really good uh, in the entire match. West Ham beat Leeds United by two goals to nil at the London Stadium. Jared Bowen scoring in the injury time before... Uh, uh, and also uh, Manuel Lanzini scoring uh, his uh, goal in the first half as well. So that was it uh, in uh, on on yesterday. You know, a big victory by the way for Nottingham Forest, knocking out Arsenal in that game. They were really terrible, Arsenal in this game. A goal by Luis Graban in the. Uh, on the 83rd minute, they were really terrible. Uh, the jerseys again there. <laughs> and Roy Keane absolutely for just busted them open uh, on uh, in the in in the post match show. You know they were not playing really well. Nottingham Forest deserved to go through. Arsenal did try a bit in the end, but that's always what you could think of them. Uh, Bournemouth beating uh, Yale Will, not a big club to be sure of. Hull City and Everton, they played a very entertaining game. Everton winning it in the in the in the extra time by three goals to two. A goal, a winner netted by Andros Townsend. Uh, it was. Uh, Another fantastic game between for Chelsea as they beat Chesterfield by five goals to one. A very clinical performance. Uh, they got scored four goals in the first half. Goals from Werner, H Hudson Odoi, Lukaku, and Andres Christensen. Uh, I thought Kovacic in this game was really good, but the opposition wasn't really going to give them uh, give Chelsea a huge scare. Uh, Hakim Ziyech netted a penalty in the uh, second half to make it. Uh, 5-1. Leicester City against Watford in the FA Cup. It ended in a 4-1 victory for Leicester. Clinical performance. Tielemans getting in the goals. Uh, James Madison, Harvey Barnes and Mark Brighton uh, getting the other three. Joao Pedro from uh, Watford scoring the only goal for the uh, visitors. Fulham beat Bristol City by a goal to nil in extra time. A goal from Harry Wilson in the uh, Final minute of the first half of the extra time. Uh, Swindon Town and Manchester City played a game at uh, away at Swindon Town uh, in the uh, county ground. It was a 4-1 victory for Manchester City. Gabriel Jesus missed a penalty, but there were goals from... And, and Gabriel Jesus again scored a goal as well. Uh, Bernardo Silva and uh, Kevin De Bruyne was, were fantastic. Bernardo Silva's first goal was really magnificent. Cole Palmer alternating his goal... For the game, Swindon Town played really attacking football. Uh, Derby County has been have been eliminate, el eliminated by Coventry. They lost one 0 in this game. A goal by Dominic Ham. Burnley also have lost to Huddlesfield. They are out of the FA Cup. They lost by two goals to one. There was Jay Rodriguez who opened the scoring in this game, but then two goals in the last 15 minutes from Josh Koroma and Matthew Pearson uh, respectively got Huddersfield over the line at uh, at Turf Moor we also had a very big upset as uh, Newcastle United of uh, eliminated by Cambridge United in uh, in the FA Cup at the same at the St James's Park it was Joe Ironside who uh, netted the only goal in this game on just before the hour mark uh, Newcastle, I think it's a bit, uh, it, it's a bit positive now because always they they've, they've always uh, been the team who have uh, been eliminated very very early uh, in the. Uh in the, in the cup competitions now they have uh, the only focus is the premier league they don't have the cup they don't have the league cup they only have the premier league to worry about and the relegation battle so when you are really in a relegation scrap it's 
sometimes better to be not involved in all these cup competitions. Uh, apart from the FA Cup, we had some La Liga action as well. A disappointing draw for Barcelona away at Granada at the... Uh, Beautiful uh, Estadio Nuevo Los Carmenes. Uh, it ended in a 1-0 draw in the two teams. Uh, Antonio Puertas scoring a goal in the 89th minute to give uh, uh, a heartbreak to uh, to football club Barcelona fans. Uh, Gavi was dis- was sent off in this game. A very rash challenge. No no reason why he should have done it. Pique should have been sent off as well, in my opinion. Not a good game. Really not a good game for Barcelona. Luke de Jong scoring yet again. I mean, uh, he's, he's turning the tables for himself. The third goal for him in the season in La Liga. Uh, by the way... Uh, Barcelona not really being good enough, and even against Granada, Granada should have scored again another goal. Uh, it was, uh, I think, it was Molina or Suarez who could have uh, scored a goal for them. Uh, Real Sociedad played a one uh, played a game against Celta de Vigo. They registered a one 0 victory. A goal from Mikel Arzabal very early in the game. Athletic Bilbao playing against Osasuna ended in a three one victory for them. Uh, Sevilla played against Cadiz, a very important game for them uh, in Cadiz. Uh, they, oh, I'm sorry, yes, Sevilla against Cadiz was uh, very long ago, I guess. Yeah, Sevilla played Getafe, by the way, and uh, they registered a 1-0 victory, uh, a goal from Rafa Mir in this game. A very good assist from Lucas Ocampos made it possible for him to net that winner. Railway Cano and Real Betis. It was a very important game uh, for both these teams. Uh, it ended in a 1-0 draw uh, between these two sides. It was a very late goal in the first half by Sergio Canales and uh, it was Ivan Baliu who uh, scored in the 70th minute to give uh, uh, to give Raya Waikano a one all draw. They haven't been beaten in this entire season at home at the Estadio de Vallecas, uh, Raya Waikano. They have been tremendous at home. They have been very good in the league as, as uh, on a whole. They're seventh in the league table, just a point behind Football Club Barcelona. Real Betis holding on to that third spot. They are a point above Atletico Madrid, who also drew in that big game away at the Estadio de la Ceramica. Uh, against Villarreal, they uh, scored two goals. Uh, uh, both the teams scored two goals. Gerard Moreno missing a penalty, and Hel Correa opened the scoring for the team uh, for 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 the game. Uh, Pau Torres. Uh, netting in the equaliser. Then they got into the lead, courtesy of Alberto Moreno's uh, Alberto Moreno's goal, and then Geoffrey Condobia uh, netted in the equaliser in uh, the 67th minute before getting sent off. Uh, for a second yellow card in the uh, deep in the injury time, so this is how we stand in La Liga for now. Real Madrid played a game more than Sevilla, are uh, on forty nine points, five clear of Sevilla. Uh, by the way, Real Madrid have played games more than all these other teams uh, like Villarreal, Rayo Vallecano. Uh, Barcelona, Real Sociedad, Atletico Madrid and Real Betis. Real Betis are on third with 34 points, 10 points behind Sevilla. Atletico Madrid a point behind Real Betis on fourth in 33. Real Sociedad as well on 33 points. On fifth, on sixth is Football Club Barcelona on 32 points. Rayo Vallecano on uh, 31 points, played 20 games. And Villarreal two points behind Rayo Vallecano on eighth. Uh, with 29 points. Uh, Barcelona, it's going to be a big stretch to say that they can get into the top four. 
I think Sevilla, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid will be in the top four in the uh, positions to get in the Champions League. But the big talking point is that Real Betis and Real Sociedad are playing really well. And I'm not convinced with Barcelona. I'm not convinced with Xavi. And I think it's going to be a bit of a step to take uh, for Barcelona to get into the top four. I'm not so convinced. But again, Betis and Real Sociedad also have to play in Europe. So that could be a point that where they could be uh, just stuttering in this uh, in in this title in in this race for the top 4 Manuel Pellegrini I believe can have a very good impact on this team again Villarreal you also have to be uh, considering them for the title race they have really leapfrogged a lot of teams they have uh, kept behind Espanyol the likes of Osasuna Valencia and Athletic Bilbao playing really well and who were in uh, quite in the top half of the La Liga table at the start of the first uh, at the end the end of the uh, Christmas period they have kept them behind and now they have leapfrogged them they have got a game in hand uh, over uh, over the ninth place team Athletic Bilbao so that could be a very very interesting prospect in La Liga you don't know what you're going to get from them now Real Madrid by the way uh, have a uh, also played against Valencia four goals that they scored. Uh, Again, I, w- I would say, you know, Karim Benzema, that penalty, that shouldn't have been a penalty. But I, I have to say that with Benzema's thing, the referee gives that penalty. I- I'm-, I'm really fed up with this. I'm-, I'm really fed up with this. Once the referee gives a penalty, the VAR only checks if there is contact. I think that is such a dubious thing to do because you it is a contact sport. I mean, even if he touches his shoulder, it is going to be a penalty then. I mean, I don't understand it. I'm not happy with how the laws have been laid for this one. Karim Benzema should have been uh, Casemiro should have been uh, given the foul in his favor. It was a very very soft challenge. They it shouldn't have been a penalty for Real Madrid and Real Madrid shouldn't have been in the lead. But anyways, they get in the lead. They just control the game and by the hour mark they are 3-0 up. They give away a penalty and I think Ferland Mendy for that challenge should have been sent off. Easy decision for me. Should have been sent off. I'm giving no leniency to a player that I like, a player from my, a club that I like. Uh, Karim Benzema uh, netted in another goal. That was a tremendous goal. Brilliant skill that uh, in the 88th minute. Uh, Gonzalo Guedes, by the way, when he uh, won that penalty against uh, Furlong Mendy in the 75th minute, couldn't convert it, but hit it on the rebound. 4-1 victory for Real Madrid, which extends their stay at the top of the table. Uh, Yet again, it's going to take a huge task from uh, Sevilla or any other team. I don't think any other team can really catch Real Madrid at this point in time. It's only going to be Sevilla. But I think it's going to be Real Madrid through and through to win this La Liga title. A big game in the Liga calendar saw Paris Saint-Germain travelling away to the uh, iconic city of Lyon in the Group Amma Stadium to play Olympique Lyonnais. The game ended in a 1-0 draw and as always has been the case with Paris Saint-Germain in the league this season, they weren't good. They were absolutely terrible in this entire game. They were not deserving to get a victory here. Peter, it, it is a struggling Lyon side. They are not even in the top half of the table. They are 11th in the Liga table and they still struggle to get past them. It was a, a very good game for Lyon, by the way. Uh, they could have scored uh, they could have scored three or four goals. I think Hussein Mawa should have had a hat-trick, easily had a hat-trick, Hussein Mawa. You know, it was so disappointing with his finishing. Uh, 
he could have had a hat-trick, by the way, in the first half itself. I mean, that, no, two goals in the first half and one in the second half. They could have been 3-0 up in the first half itself. Uh, by the way, yeah, you know, Mbappe hit the post once. Uh, but there was nothing else in the game. Marquinhos had to come up with one or two saves. Um, I, I'm sorry, uh, with one or two uh, good defensive uh, tackles. Uh, you had Kaylor Navas uh, saving them on, on a couple of occasions. It was not good with PSG. Uh, Peter Bosch with his uh, elementary square midfield, that square that he always had in Leipzig, uh, in, in Leverkusen, I'm sorry. Uh, he also had this in uh, in Lyon in this game. Uh, Hussein Awar, Lucas Paqueta in the uh, the front two points of that square and Maxence Kakaret and Bruno Guimaraes in the uh, in the bottom half of that bracket of that square. I thought Emerson also had a chance to... Uh, to net in a goal, uh, Leo Dubois played really well, the captain of the side, by the way. Moussa Dembele had a chance as well, he couldn't capitalize. Kakaric and Guimaraes, they completely ran the game. Uh, Leandro Paredes was so bad in this game, gave away the ball so cheaply on many occasions. Uh, uh, by the way, I thought uh, Emerson in this game should have been sent off for that ridiculous tackle on uh, Mac, uh, on Marco Verratti shouldn't have been available for the entire game after that you know it was it was really rash it was not required at that point in time yeah, very responsible but again Verratti was one of the uh, standout performance performers in the game uh, Icardi missed two really good chances one laid to him by Nuno Mendes from that left hand side wasn't a good game to be honest, really wasn't a good game. If you are a PSG fan, if you are a Messi fan, an Mbappe fan, a Neymar fan, you are watching this game and you're thinking, how the hell are they going to get past Real Madrid? I mean, Real Madrid will eat this team alive. And I'm not joking about that. This is a terrible, terrible performance by PSG. Again, they had some break. They couldn't sort things out. They cannot beat a team like Lyon who are struggling who are absolutely struggling to get results, even at home and away from home. This was not a good game for them. I thought Anthony Lopez has been easily the one of the best, one of the top three goalkeepers in the entire world. Uh, he, he has saved Lyon so many times in this season. He's been so, so good. In this game as well, he made some really good saves, saved a very good shot from Ander Herrera. Uh, not a good game. Not a good game from uh, for Paris Saint-Germain. Lyon would be very disappointed with their finishing. Uh, that midfield three of Paredes, Verratti and Herrera, it does not give me confidence. It is not a good midfield. Apart from Verratti, there's no one who would actually give you some confidence there. I think you need to play Wijnaldum more. You need to get his confidence back. Maybe Danilo Pereira as a... Uh, as, as, a, as a destroyer in that midfield could work. Idrissa Ganage is off to Senegal for his uh, international duties with the AFCON. Ashraf Hakimi also uh, the same condition. And Abdou Diallo also with Senegal for the uh, African Cup of Nations. You've got Lionel Messi who tested positive for COVID-19. He's back in training. Wasn't available for this game against uh, Lyon. Uh, Again, I, I don't know what, what to expect of PSG at this moment, you know. It's it's a terrible performance after a terrible performance after a terrible performance. It's just not stopping for them. It is uh, as 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 bad as it gets, you know. This is an all-star team, one of the best teams that have ever played in French football. Uh, it's, it's really comparable with the old Marseille team, which won the Champions League with Didier Deschamps in there. It's, it's, it's really incredible how, uh, how, how this fall has been. I really don't fancy them going uh, 
beating Real Madrid in the Champions League. This 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 is a team which has got all the uh, all, all the stuff required to be chaotic. It's it's as simple as that. Tilo Kara, that goal that Tilo Kara scored, it was just a mere luck. That it was just sheer luck. It bounced awkwardly in front of uh, who's uh, who, uh, in front of uh, Anthony Lopez, and the ball ballooned over the goalkeeper. And uh, I'm I'm sorry, but PSG they're not playing well. They haven't been playing well since a long time now. And and mind you, they they have had a terrible. Pe- they have had a fantastic piece of luck. They, they're going to play uh, in the Copa de France against uh, against Nice. I don't fancy them going through against Nice as well. Nice, when they played in the Parc des Princes, they should have won that game. Kasper Dolberg just missing out a sitter, a yard away from goal, and he misses a sitter. I mean, that was just terrible. I mean, they have got some games which would help them really come back into form. They have got the Coupe de France uh, game in on the 1st of February against Nice. Then they go away against Lille, who aren't playing well really in this, uh, this season again. Uh, PSG then have to host uh, Rennes uh, at the Parc des Princes, so it is going to be a very good game. And then they go, uh, and then they have the Champions League game against Real Madrid at the Parc des Princes. In terms of uh, the league table, Nice are eleven points behind uh, Paris Saint Germain, along with Marseille, who have a game in hand. Uh, Thirty-six points uh, for both of those, Nice and Marseille. If uh, Marseille win that game, they will be eight point. Uh, Eight points behind uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but I don't think there is any relevance to a title race in Ligue 1 this season. By the way, there is going to be a tough race for the European spots. Montpellier, Rennes, uh, uh, Montpellier, Rennes, and then you've got Lens, uh, Strasbourg, uh, Nantes, and uh, Monaco all fighting for that spot uh, for for a Europe uh, for a European spot come the end of the season. Uh, it's it's going to be a very tight race. By the way, Monaco sacked their manager Niko Kovac uh, right in between the season. They have uh, uh, appointed Philippe Clement, uh, a former the, the club Brugge manager uh, from this uh, from the season. He will be taking charge of this uh, of this Monaco side. The very good a very good Monaco side, by the way, uh, can make a lot out of this. Uh, out out of, out of this uh, Monaco side in in the days to come in, uh, they also uh, played a game in in Nantes. They uh, drew it. It it was a stalemate. It ended in a nil nil draw. Uh, Lens, by the way, beat Rennes. It was a very important game for them. Uh, nice as well beat Breath three nil uh, to the good. Uh, they were very very good. Kasper Dolberg scoring another goal in the uh, in in Liga. They were down to ten men, but they didn't really. Uh, uh, snuck into it, Andrew, Andy Delort and uh, Amina Guri scoring uh, the two goals required to make it 3-0 to Nice against Brett. So that's it from my side in this podcast. We had some really good fixtures on the weekend. I tried to cover them all. If I'm not able to cover some of the La Liga games, they were all pretty good as well, but I really... I really didn't feel necessary doing it. That's all what uh, that, that, that that's my way of thinking. But again, if you have any queries with this podcast or you want to do a uh, a, a do it with me on this podcast or you want me on your side in the YouTube channel on a podcast, you can be free to call me or to actually give me a heads up on my Instagram channel on on my. Twitter uh, on my Instagram page or my Twitter handle. It is uh, weeklypod.ott on Instagram and it's weeklypod underscore ott on Twitter. I post a lot of things on Twitter these days. I've been a lot active Instagram. I haven't been uh, able to uh, 
can weigh my messages uh, since a long time now so until then we'll see you guys later we'll have to see how things stand up for some of the games which will be coming thick and fast in this january period so we'll stay tuned we have got a big game coming up at uh, the next weekend chelsea against man city in the uh, at the Etihad Stadium in the Premier League so we'll have to see how that thing goes on uh, but until then this was your host Mayuresh Matkar and thank you very much